podcast about cultural preservation in the modern world. I'm Felicia Zaleski, and I'm joined here today by John Barclay, head of the Utah Pipe Band. The Utah Pipe Band was founded in 1937 by Robert S. Barclay. It is the oldest continuously organized pipe band in the Western United States. What made you have interest in Scottish culture and having a passion to preserve it? It's it's a family investment, and, it, and it's something I grew up with from the first moments I can remember. Uh, my father was always playing bagpipes. We were always going to band practices. We were always talking and working with other bands. We worked with several other bands. And I started, I actually started learning at age five and started uh, performing at age seven or eight, nine. We got into it pretty good. And yeah, so it's been always a family investment. I'm actually the fifth generation. Uh, of pipers in this country of our family. So what year did the first generation come over then from Scotland? Ooh, uh, (laughs) like I say, it would be my grandpa Dugan from Manan, Idaho. And it would be, uh, you know, in the 18s, uh, early turn of the century, somewhere in that area there. Okay. Yeah. Um, And so, and your family was the one that started the Utah Pipe Band, am I right? Yes, uh-huh. My, my grandfather, Robert Barclay, uh, was one of the original organizers of the band. He uh, immigrated in after World War II, or World War One. I'm sorry, he immigrated after World War One. He actually was wounded in World War One. It took him four years to get over to heal up from the wounds of the war. And then when he was healthy enough to immigrate, he immigrated through Ellis Island. And... Uh, his first job that he got here because he'd spent four years in hospitals was uh, to run maintenance for the brand new primary children's hospital that was on North Temple. And his good friend, uh, then uh, the uh, Latter-day Saint Apostle David O. McKay would come over and talk to him and they would administer the kids in the primary children's hospital. David O. McKay had asked him, he says, Robert, you've got to have a band. And he it, what he was inferring was he meant for the 1900-year uh, celebration, Pioneer Day. So in 1907, my dad, the pipe band. Well, my, after my grandfather immigrated here to Salt Lake City, uh, he uh, his first job that he got here was working at the, the newly opened Primary Children's Hospital. And uh, David Bill McKay would come over and uh, talk to him often because they were both Scottish and had a lot in common, and they would administer to the young uh, folks in the hospital there together. And he said to him, Robert, we've got to have a pipe band, and meaning that they wanted to start a pipe band so that the Scottish uh, traditions were recognized and would participate in the 100-year Pioneer's Day celebration in 1947. So from 1937 to 1947, they worked on forming the band and getting it up and getting it ready for that event. Why do you think it is important to preserve the culture? And obviously it was important to them at that time too. Um, why do you think that's important? Well, as you look back on your posterity and you see where you came from and who you were, uh, Scottish culture is a big part of our lives, of our families. And uh, when I, one day I asked my father, because as a young boy, it seemed like every holiday, 
every weekend we were out doing this uh, when other people were boating and fishing and doing other things. And we did those, but we didn't do them on the holidays. I said, why do we do this all the time? And he stopped and looked at me and he said, it's who we are. It's what we do. It's our tradition. So I understood. And, and as I look back in life and I think of the things that I've done, this is one of the most meaningful things. And what makes it the most meaningful to you? If, if you have an answer for that. Well, number one, uh, in a pipe band, uh, I do it with my, most of my family members. And so uh, that makes it very special. I, I, I'm sure when you're with your sister and your mom, you, you get a, a, a just, it's just a neater event. And then when you get to know the members of the group, they become like family to you. And uh, it's just a, it's just a great thing. Just this morning, I was I'm a little late getting on because uh, Jack Lee, who is uh, one of the organizers of the Simon Fraser University Pipe Band, we were exchanging messages. I had ordered some pipe bags from him and he had brought up the fact, he says, I think the Barkley clan is as uh, complicated uh, a family in their band as we are with the Simon Fraser University Band. Can you explain the order? And so I was explaining the order of it's me and Jim, my sons, his sons, and now grandsons, and uh, just some of the exchanges that we've had with him and his brother Terry. And so I was a little late getting on, uh, but that's what makes it so special is it's you're doing it with your family and you're doing meaningful things. I remember the people I've met and the people I've played bagpipes for. It's just very, very meaningful. One of my favorite events was we were. Uh, downtown Salt Lake City, and, a, and we were playing for uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher, who had, she was retired, but she used to be the Prime Minister of uh, Great Britain, and they had her over for an event, and they had us there to play for uh, Margaret, and she got out of the Rolls Royce and came next to the band, and I just happened to be standing right by the podium where she was going to speak, and uh, she put her hand out and put her hand on my shoulder. And I was just a young guy. And she said, I love the haunting melodies of the pipes. And just that moment, it's just great. It was a great moment. And we've had, we've had many events like that. I, I just enjoyed playing. We did nine performances for the 2002 Winter Games. And each one of those events was just met with great success and uh, uh, the people loved it and uh, we loved it. We had a great time. Just doing things like that is, is very, very meaningful. And uh, one of the most meaningful things that we do is play for our veterans and support uh, their service and the things that they've done. It's, it's like my father says, uh, the traditions of the bagpipes for the Scots, they use the bagpipes to, to communicate the emotions of each of the events. And the tunes are written for those, each one of those events to create an emotional response. And can you tell me a little bit more? I mean, I know about some of the events that you do throughout the year, each year, um, but just for some of the listeners that we'll have on here, can you explain some of those events and what they are? Well, uh, certainly the band goes around and competes and that's one of the things that uh, scottish people do they love 
getting together and competing and to try and decide who's the best. So we go to band competitions and to individual competitions. We do four or five or sometimes six. When I was younger, you, we used to go to eight, eight or nine uh, throughout the Western United States. But now that we're a little bit older and life's a little more complicated, we, we do we keep it down to four or five. Uh, that's, that's one of the things that we enjoy doing and, and do each year. Uh, we start out the season usually with the St. Patrick's Day events, and we do those events, uh, several of them, here in the community. Uh, over the last few years, we've been traveling down to Zions National Park and helping them with their event also, and that's a lot of fun. Then we go into Memorial Day, and we do all the Memorial Day services here in the valley, and that is truly just a wonderful thing. And it's very touching. Throughout the summer months when they send the uh, veterans back to Washington, D.C., we send them off with the honor flights. We do the local parades. And one of the big parades that we've done my entire life, and I'm trying to think how many parades I've done, is the Pioneer Days Parade uh, in Salt Lake City. And I remember this year because of the pandemic when uh, the parade committee called me up and said they were going to have to cancel the parade. Oh, they were sad. They were they were as sad as they possibly could be. And uh, it was a little sad for me too, because we've done that parade so many times. And then we do just the local events, uh, different concerts and different things here to support the community. So you mentioned a lot of kind of getting out and doing these projects in the community. Um, so tell me a little, little bit more about how important it is to share this culture with the community and being able to get out and do these different programs and everything within the community itself? Well, I, I, you know, when, when a pipe band with the, the pipers and drummers come up and, and play, it creates a commotion. I just know that for many years, uh, University of Utah has had us come and do their business graduation and their business college up there is one of the larger schools. And as we march their graduates up the hill to the Huntsman Center, the other schools, the other colleges, they've, they've watched that. And now we're doing four other colleges, their graduation events. And it's just really fun. That's something that we do to support the community. Uh, the other thing that we do is uh, play at funeral services. Uh, and, it, and, it's, and it's mainly Scottish people because they understand the tradition of that. But even it's amazing how many distant uh, Scottish families ask for the bagpipes to be uh, played at the services. I myself have personally done over 70 funeral services this year. And I know the other uh, pipers have done many services. And so it's, it's something that we do to support the community. Well, it's, it's really nice. I mean, the people are so nice and genuine when you go to the funeral services uh, because they have such an open heart at that time, and, and they're very uh, thankful uh, for you coming and playing. I remember one time my wife was uh, waiting because she comes sometimes to help me tune. The older I get, the harder it is to tune myself, and she helps me tune. And she was sitting there the other day at one of the services waiting for me, and a lady came up to her and said, Oh, do you need somebody to be with you while you're grieving? And my wife looked at me and says, I'm not grieving, I'm helping him too. <laughs> so crazy, <laughs> crazy things happen at the cemeteries. Is there anything that you wish you could change about the way that cultural preservation, especially Scottish cultural preservation, is viewed by the community around you? You know, uh, 
I, I really think that we are fortunate here in the Wasatch Front to live in an area where all these things are so appreciated. And uh, I, I, do, I, I would be unappreciated, I would be, uh, not unappreciated, I would, I would just be remiss if I said there was anything that I would change. I think we have a great support group here in the Wasatch Front. Uh, the band is supported very well by the community and uh, we're well received and uh, I'm appreciative of all the things that uh, our local government, our local communities, and the people of this area do to support us. And especially when you have, I know at the Memorial Day service, especially the one at Redwood Road, there's always some sort of political person there watching the pipe band play, which is really cool to me just to be able to see the government being involved in in the pipe band just being excited about that too i i love that i i think i think i've played for every governor of this state since calvin rampton and they've all been That's very awesome. very supportive of us uh i would say something the lds church here uh played for most all the general authorities and prophets since when we were when we were young and first started uh we were David O. McKay's pipe band when he was prophet of the LDS church and, and, and uh, to be supported by them in everything we do and do the programs for them. It's very nice. And I know that there's um, some relation between the different pipe bands within the Wasatch region as well. Um, is there anything you can tell me about that? I know that there's lots of different pipe bands kind of going on, you at least get together for mass bands at some of the local competitions. Um, how are relations with them? I, you know, I think the relationships with the pipe bands are, are good for the most part. Uh, as I was younger in the late 70s and the 80s, uh, I would go with my father. We would help the Payson High School pipe band. Uh, we would go down to Cedar City and help the Scarlet and Black group down there. And uh, then later when the Ben Loman formed their group, we'd help with them. Uh, we would associate with the other groups. The Salt Lake Scots is a spinoff of the Utah Pipe Band in the early 60s, in 1962 and 63. Uh, the Wasatch and District Pipe Band is a spinoff from the Utah Pipe Band in 2005. Uh, and so uh, Garden Valley, the leadership of the Garden Valley, many of them learned through Payson High School. Uh, the bands that we started down there with Jerry Chatwin, the old director of the band. So I'm I asked my dad this one time, I said, why is it so important to have all these bands going? He says, oh, it, it helps promote the traditions of Scottish heritage. And I said, oh, he says, you can't have enough bands, John. So we spent the early part of my life just helping and working with bands. And now that I'm older, the funnest thing for me to do is teaching my grandchildren how to do this. And, uh, That's really awesome. That's cool. So they're really all pretty interconnected especially in their starting point yep they always have a relationship I, I mean even outside of the area like i mentioned earlier i was just talking to jack lee who is uh one of the leaders of the simon fraser university pipe band and he just wanted me to explain the barclay clan so he could understand it and when they when we were uh, competing down at uh thanksgiving point his brother, Terry Lee, who was the pipe major then of the Simon Fraser uh, University Pipe Band, came up to the line and Jeremy was leading us on and I was standing next to him in the line and he, he put his hand out to greet him and he says, do you know David Barclay? 
And Jeremy brightened up and he said, that is my grandfather. And I just remembered it was a touching moment. So. so cultural preservation often preserves almost like a specific point in history of a culture. So would you say that there's a specific point in Scottish history that you're preserving? Well, uh, there's, there's two points that are, are very significant. Uh, certainly April 1746, the Battle of Culloden Moor. Uh, it was a disaster for the Scots at that time. And uh, for uh, almost 50 years, they lost their identity. And then in the 1790s, when they got it back, it was almost a rebirth. And uh, since that time in the 1790s, Scottish heritage, piping, uh, world piping competitions, the growth of and the influence of the British Empire and bagpipe bands throughout the whole world has just blossomed into a huge event. And so it's a worldwide thing. It happens worldwide. And so those dates, 1746 and 1790, uh, important times for uh, Scottish heritage and tradition. And I know during some of um, the concerts that you have, um, especially when the when the dancers come out, you kind of explain how that dance connects to those points in history, um, especially things like the chantreuse and being able to put the kilt back on and celebrate that and different points of culture. Yeah, that, the chantreuse is one of my favorite events because, like I said, it was just kind of the rebirth of the Scottish heritage. How do you prepare for cultural preservation? Are there sources that you use? Do you shoot for some sort of accuracy and being able to portray exact culture or just being able to kind of carry on what your family has been doing for the last many, many years? Well, a lot of people don't understand this, but uh, piping and dancing is highly regulated as to what it is and how it should be done. There is a world organization called the Royal uh, Scottish Pipe Band Association that kind of governors governs the things that happen and there's a world dancing organization. Uh, the instructors are all, uh, uh, they receive their licensing uh, through a complicated set of uh, events, just like going to school and getting a master's degree. They go through uh, the training and they do that. And then there are local organizations that govern what happens in the local areas that all uh, tie back into the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association and their rules and bylaws. Ours here in the Western United States is called the Western United States Pipe Band Association. It was, it was uh, renamed uh, that in about 1984, 85, when it was the Pacific Pipe Band Association. And so those associations they have bylaws, rules, and a strict set of things that govern and monitor uh, the traditions of, of piping, drumming, and dancing for everybody so that it doesn't get uh, diluted with different types of uh, practices. It's, it's, it's very pure in its origin and how it is uh, done today. That's very cool. So essentially you could go anywhere in the world and if you find a pipe band, they'll be following the same rules. Yes. Regardless uh, of where they are. We exchange judges from the uh, Eastern United States Pipe Band Association who governs the East Coast. Uh, the BC Pipers Association governs up in Canada. They have an East Coast uh, Pipers Association in Canada. And so all over the world, 
they have associations, but they all tie back into the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association. Would you say that there are anything, any certain things that are chosen to be left out of the culture that you're preserving? Um, I don't know, any certain points of history that are kind of not talked about or anything? You know, with Scottish people, they, they seem to talk about everything. <laughs> They're not inhibited at all. So in answer to your question, no. Uh, in fact, that's one of the craziest things when uh, we bring an instructor in from Scotland. They're not inhibited to tell us you're doing it wrong or you're doing it right. Uh, and we do. We bring in tutors uh, for all different things, for drumming, for dancing, for piping. And it's great to have them and know that they're not inhibited at all about telling you how it is. In fact, they look forward to the point to be able to tell you how it is. Well, awesome. I think I've hit most of the questions I wanted to ask, but is there anything else that you want to share with anybody that would be listening to this podcast on Scottish cultural preservation? Oh, I, we could talk for we could talk forever, but that would probably bore you to death. But I wanted to oh, thank you for, for choosing this uh, to promote, to push forward, and to highlight. So thank you for your efforts here. And I congratulate you because you are quite an accomplished dancer. And oh. it's always great. <laughs> Thank to, you. To, to, no, your family's very talented. You have a talented sister as a drummer, and your mom's working hard to become a piper. But thank you for this opportunity. Is there anywhere that any listeners could look up more about the Utah Pipe Band or Scottish culture that you know of? Any websites or anything yes. to look into? Yes, like I said, uh, we have a website, the Utah Pipe Band at utahpipeband.org. And uh, that has a brief uh, synopsis of, of our history and who we are. The Western United States Pipe Band Association is a good source. And then also there's links in both of those to the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association in Scotland. And those are great resources for information. Well, thank you so much for joining me today um, and answering my questions. This has been super awesome. I hope this episode helped you learn, along with me, a little more about the cultures that surround us every day in this global world. If you have any questions or comments, please contact me at fethomp at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.